Eddie Chavez. Ruben Nava. And Jesse Romero. Jesus 911. Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are a two man car. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And uh, Jesse, good morning. Reporting for duty, sir. 10 8. Yep, two man car. Not a king car today. Yeah, boy, it's raining cats and dogs over here in LA. So I got my weather gear on and uh, we're not used to all this rain out here. Well, but you guys need it. So. Well, thank the Lord for that. Yes. Right? That's right. Hey, Ruben, let me just mention one thing about Thanksgiving as we launch into some of these topics that we have. For us as Catholics, uh, I just want to remind people that the Eucharist is the ultimate Thanksgiving. And I mean that literally. I don't mean that figuratively. Because that's what the word Eucharist means in Greek. It means to give thanks. Yes. And, uh, you know, to all those millions of Catholics around the world... We're blessed. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying this triumphalistically. I'm just saying this biblically and just uh, metaphysically and just this is by God's grace mm-hmm. is that we as Catholics can go to a church today and receive the ultimate Thanksgiving meal, which is called the Holy Eucharist. And uh, many other faiths, they could just thank God verbally, you know, in prayer and in song. But we can actually thank God and show him how much we love him by receiving him in that uh, you know in that once and for all sacrifice made present called the holy sacrifice of the mass. So just want to remind all the Catholics out there that Eucharist literally means thanksgiving. And so uh, every time you go to Holy Mass, remember that the center and worship of the Holy Mass is the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving. We're not there for a liver quiver. We're not there to feel good. We're not there to get our ears tickled. We are there to unite ourselves right. with the God-man, Jesus Christ. And for that, we, we thank God for choosing us from before the foundations of the world to be Catholic. So just remember, Eucharist means thanksgiving. That's correct. I couldn't have said it any better, Jess. So, uh, you know, let's get into this, this first article about, uh, about a um, uh, Native American by the name of Squanto. Everybody's heard of him. <laughs> yeah. And so not to be accused, uh, confused with Tonto from the Lone Ranger, right? Yeah, there you go. All right. So uh, so go so go ahead and share. The, so Squanto, apparently, according to history, he was Catholic, and most people don't know that. They yeah. think that he was a, 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 a an indigenous Indian that was worshiping totem poles. Not so. What right. do we know about Squanto, Ruben? Well, he's uh, a forgotten hero, I'll tell you that much. I, I learned something in uh, looking at uh, today's topics. And so um, there's an article by Church Pop, and it's, it's, it's saying that uh, most people know the, hist- the basic history of the first Thanksgiving, and that was me. The pilgrims arrived at Plymouth Rock. The Native Americans helped them grow food, and they all gathered together in a feast of Thanksgiving. But what most tellings of the story leave out is the crucial role played by Squanto, the English-speaking Catholic Native American hero. Jess, I they they conveniently left that out in grade school when we uh, studied this. <laughs> all through, all through from K to twelve, Ruben, they left that out. Yeah, I I never heard this before, you know, up until a few years ago when I read this story. But yeah, go ahead. All right. So wait, what was there an English-speaking Catholic Native American near Plymouth when the Pilgrims landed? Here's the amazing story. 
In the early 17th century, Squanto's tribe came in contact with some of the earliest English colonists in the Americas. He was captured and taught English so he could serve as an interpreter. But in 1614, as he was being transported by John Smith, that's the the, the, the adventure, the you know, the guy who was uh, coming over here, John Smith of Pocahontas fame, one of Smith's lieutenants, Thomas Hunt, kidnapped him. Hunt took Squanto to Spain to sell him as a slave, but some Franciscans friars saw that what was happening, and they saved Squanto. And the Franciscans, back when they used to uh, convert people, they, they taught Squanto the Catholic faith. I'm just kidding. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Um, Franciscans taught Squanto the Catholic faith, and he was apparently baptized. So they, li- I mean, they literally saved this pagan, yeah. and I mean literally. Go ahead. The waters Jeff. of baptism. Yeah, yeah. What, else, what else did the article say? This is, you know, so he's a free man. Squanto wanted to return home, so he... He went to London to try to get a place aboard a, a ship back to the to Massachusetts colony. In the meantime, he worked as a shipbuilder and greatly improved his English. And in 1619, Squanto was finally able to return home on a ship led by John Smith, <laughs> ironically. Tragically, upon arrival, he discovered that most of his tribe had died of a plague the year before. So it was almost a, as though God had prepared him perfectly for what happened next. Just a year later, in 1620, the pilgrims arrived. They were English Calvinists who were seeking to build a new religious community apart from the Church of England. Little did they know that they would end up being saved by a Catholic. And for those who don't know, Calvinists were anti-Catholic. These people, Absolutely. yeah, they. Oh yeah, they, 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 there's no love lost. You know that's why they were fleeing England to get away from what who they thought was, the, you know, the Anglicans over there. They were too Catholic for them. So they're, they're, they not only did they not like the Catholics, but they didn't like the way the you know the, the Anglicans had liturgy and and all that. So right. So the pilgrims had little food and were unprepared for survival in the Americas. Squanto, who spoke great English and had a lot of experience with English culture, reached out to help teaching them how to grow food in the new landscape. It must have seemed like a miracle to the pilgrims. And just so I wonder if he spoke with that English accent. Is he learning his English from from? I, I'm guessing he did, Ruben. Yeah. It would make sense that yeah. he did. Probably, because, tr- you know, you you even see like blacks uh, in Africa that uh, that had were, were some of those countries used to be under the hands of Great Britain. You'll when you hear this, a lot of these blacks speaking from uh, from Africa, they speak just like Brits, you know, uh-huh. like like Englishmen. So it's funny to hear them. Yeah, and you wonder he probably drank some tea too, Jess. Yeah, right. <laughs> So they, the um, the pilgrims had little food, were unprepared for survival in the Americas. Squano, who spoke great English, uh, I think I, I mentioned that. So unfortunately, less than two years after the landing of the pilgrims, Squanto became sick and died suddenly. And the governor... Oh, you will, missed one. Oh. You missed one. He said, he befriended... This is what it says. Okay. It says, Squanto befriended the pilgrims, these are the Protestants, and became a por- an important part of their community. That's right. At one point, Squanto was kidnapped by another tribe and a team of pilgrims, these are the Protestants, saved him. Unfortunately, less than two years after the landing of the pilgrims, Squanto became sick and died suddenly. Governor William Bradford, one of the pilgrims' leaders, wrote this about him, quote, Here, Monomoyik Bay, Squanto fell ill of Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose when the Indians, when the Indians take as a symptom of death and within a few days, he died. He begged the governor to pray for him that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven and bequeath several of his things to his English friends. As remembrances, 
his death was a great loss. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so this Thanksgiving, say, say a prayer for the great hero Squanto. So uh, most people don't know these Englishmen are talking about, you know, may Squanto go to the Englishman's God. Well, guess who the Englishman's God is? It's the Holy Trinity. Who taught the Englishmen who the true God is? It was Squanto's religion, the Catholics. It was our religion. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting, Ruben, that uh, this import, important point of reference of history, Squanto, who you know, who had much to do with the first Thanksgiving and helping out the the, the pilgrims here uh, learn about how to cultivate the land, he happened to be a Catholic, mm. and that's something that again was missed in my education from K to twelve. That's right. That's great. Uh, he, you know, um, unfortunately, he didn't have uh, access to priests with the, you know, with those uh, Puritans that came came over. But, you know, um, we were praying that he that he died in a state of grace, you know, or, you know, and if, if nothing else, that you know, he he did a few. Uh, some and time. there's also there's also another thing, Ruben, that we have to remember that because God is God is so merciful, he, beyond our stupidity or beyond our ignorance, or mm-hmm. if a person. Um, if a Catholic, let's just say, I mean, here's an, a, a crazy example, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you wipe out in a motorcycle, you're on the highway somewhere, you're dying, mm. okay? Yeah. If you make a perfect act of contrition, notice what I said. I didn't say imperfect. Okay, There's a difference. If you make a perfect act of contrition, which means that if you re- repent and have contrition out of love of God, out of love, not out of fear of hell, mm-hmm. out of love of God, you can be saved. The church says you can be saved if you die making a perfect act of contrition without the possibility of receiving the sacrament of confession and without the possibility uh, of having a Catholic priest at your bedside because, again, you wiped out in the desert of Arizona on a motorcycle and you hit, a, hit the side of a mountain. Nobody's there. No priest is there. You can't get any of the sacraments, and you're dying. If you make a perfect act of contrition out of sheer love for God and truly repent of your sins, you can and will be saved. That's what the church teaches. Right. That's right. And, you know, as I, I think, as you mentioned, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult for us to do it, you know, especially when we have, um, you know, frequent use of the, of the sacraments here, we have access to, to priests um, everywhere, you know, any given day, any given weekend, you could go to any parish and, and, and receive confession and and um so we sometimes we shouldn't but sometimes we could take it for granted you know um and that's 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 a shame right you know but uh you know i always say that that you show me a parish that that has a frequent confession and and uh, or and or adoration and i will show you a parish that's thriving that's right no that's true yeah ruben we're going to be going on and we're going to be talking about Six interesting Catholic Thanksgiving facts that people need to know. And again, I think one of the, one of the ones that we just shared right now was the fact that Squanto, this person that had everything to do with the first Thanksgiving, he was a Catholic. He wasn't he wasn't a totem pole worshiper. No. But we got six other interesting things to tell you. So stay tuned with our Thanksgiving program, Two Man Car, Jesus 911. We're 10 8. That's right. Don't change that dial. And we're live. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We're back, Jesus 911, on Thanksgiving Day. Back live, too. That's right. But most people thought we would we'd be sitting at home already, but uh, no, we're here. We want to share this uh, some Catholic facts for you because... Uh, if you're like me, you know, these are some things I never learned. I didn't know. And so hopefully we're we're inspiring you and we're teaching you something on Thanksgiving Day. So thank you for listening. Absolutely. Okay, Ruben. Well, let's hit it. Six interesting Catholic facts that everybody needs to know. Maybe you just share one and we'll just go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the hist- You know, the history books will tell you that the first Thanksgiving was celebrated by the Protestant pilgrims of Massachusetts in 1621. Not so. There was the Catholic Thanksgiving of 1565 in Florida and another Catholic Thanksgiving of 1589 in Texas. Wow. Yeah, so um, so anyway, please take a moment to watch. Uh, you can watch. Uh, Taylor Marshall has a video on this, so you can watch that. And, um, and the story behind the first Thanksgiving. And, what and what's, it, Taylor's video is called what, Ruben? You know, um, I, think, I think it's, it's, called, same thing. it's called Six, six Interesting same. Catholic Thanksgiving Facts by yeah. Taylor Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. So you can find that on, on YouTube. Yep. And um, the first Thanksgiving was actually celebrated on September 8th, the feast of the birth of the Blessed Virgin in 1565 wow. in August, in St. Augustine, Florida. So, you know, that's that's not a coincidence, everybody. That's, you know, Our, Our Lady had something to do with that. The, uh, the Native Americans and Spanish settlers held a feast and the Holy Mass was offered. This was 56 years before the Puritan pilgrims of Massachusetts. Don Pedro Menendez came ashore amid the sounding of trumpets, artillery salutes, and the firing of cannons to claim the land for King Philip II and Spain. The ship chaplain, Father Francisco Lopez de Mendoza Grajales, chanted the Te Deum and presented a crucifix that Menendez ceremoniously kissed. Then the 500 soldiers, 200 sailors, 100 families, and artisans, along with the Timuca. Timucuan Indians celebrated the holy sacrifice of the mass in gratitude to God. Wow, what a bit of what a what a bit of history that's been omitted from the record books. But I'll tell you where I did learn this from Ruben. I've been to Florida several times in the last fifteen years to give conferences and to give uh, missions. And the Floridian Catholics, the ones that practice their faith, they know about this tradition. Mm. They're the ones that told me like 15 years ago. Every time I go to Florida, every year for a conference, you know, a floor, they'll tell me, Jess, by the way, did you know that in Florida, St. Augustine, Florida is where the first Thanksgiving was celebrated way before the pilgrim. So I've heard this from Floridian Catholics, and they're proud of this. Mm. Uh, and, and then I also heard from Texas Catholics. They've also said, yeah, yeah, we were celebrating Thanksgiving in Texas before the pilgrims in Massachusetts before they landed in Massachusetts. And so I have heard this from Floridian Catholics and uh, Texan Catholics. And I did hear that it was also on September 8th, the feast of the feast of the blessed Virgin Mary. So this wasn't new for me, but uh, I, I'm glad that Taylor put this all together in a paragraph like he did. Yeah. And also another thing that I just want to mention, just a little Catholic fact where uh, Ruben, you shared where it said that the chaplain, Father Francisco Grajales, chanted the Te Deum and presented a crucifix that Menendez ceremoniously kissed. That's when they landed mm-hmm. on the shores of St. Augustine, Florida. The Te Deum is a, is a very powerful Catholic prayer. 
Uh, it's the one that goes, it, it, it's, you probably heard it's called, You are God, we praise you. You are the Lord, we acclaim you. You are the eternal Father, all creation worships you. And it starts going about, talking about all the angels. To all the angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Let me mention something about that prayer that today. In Latin, it's very beautiful, by the way. I have it on my iPhone in Latin, and I listen to it often. I just turn it on and play the Tadeum in Latin, uh, you know, once a day. The Tadeum traditionally is supposed to be used when a holy person dies. Yep. The tradition of the Catholic Church is they pray the Tadeum at their bedside. When my mom died uh, and uh, I went to go visit her body, I prayed the Tadeum uh, at her corpse, at, you know, in the presence of her corpse. When my dad died, I did the same thing after he, when he passed away and I went to go visit the corpse at my brother's house as the paramedics were coming. I, I, I prayed the Tadeum. So the tradition of the Catholic Church is to pray the Tadeum at the bedside of, of somebody holy who has passed away. That's the first thing. And also, the Tadeum is, is, a, is a very powerful prayer against demons mm. because as you pray, as you read it, you can see that the Tadeum is the is the thanksgiving of all the nine choirs of angels as they're praising God. Now, when you pray that in the presence of somebody who's spiritually afflicted with a demon, they'll start manifesting very violently and negatively because the demon inside them, they don't like that song because the demons remember that they used to sing that song to God before they fell. And so there's a real, there's a real pain, the pain of loss and the pain of sense as they realize I used to be there, one of the nine choirs of angels, and I used to be praising God like that. And now I can't. And now forever I'm separated from God. And now forever I'm, I'm isolated away from the presence of God. I no longer have those words in my lips. And so that prayer causes a lot of pain to the demon inside of a person because as you read the Te Deum, that's the praise of the nine choirs of angels before God, and that's that was a status that the that the fallen angels had once upon a time, and now they've lost it. So I just thought I'd give a little catechesis on that. Very hey, good, good job. You want you want to go to, to the yeah, second? Yeah. So point? the second the second thing that uh, uh, second fact of Thanksgiving is. The second American Thanksgiving happened on October, excuse me, April 30th, 1598, when the Spanish explorer Don Juan de Oriate requested the friars to say a holy mass of Thanksgiving, after which he formally proclaimed La Toma, claiming the land north of the Rio Grande for the king of Spain. So the men feasted on duck, goose, and fish from the river, and the actors among them dressed and presented a play. All this took place 23 years before the Protestant pilgrims set sail from England on the Mayflower. Uh, again, something that makes me very proud here is, is, is any time a Catholic would land here in, in, in the Americas, so we're seeing here the Catholics that land in Florida, the Catholics that landed in Texas, and the Catholics, even Hernando Cortez, that landed in Veracruz, Mexico, every time a Catholic missionary would come over here and land in the new world, the first thing that they would do is they would plant a, cro a, cr a cross right on the beach and say a, a prayer of thanks, the Te Deum, uh, before Almighty God. That's the Catholic thing to do. That's right. 
yeah and and so uh, yeah this this don uh, don juan de onate he he oh onate onate yeah, onate yeah. He, he yeah he he had to make a dangerous trek through up through the rio grande and and he set up camp south of uh, what's present day el, el paso texas and that's that's where this took place and so uh, <clears throat> it's a uh, it's it was it's you know who's got a good article on this is Dr. Marion Horbath. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the first Thanksgivings were Catholic by Marion Horbath. Wow. She, you know, she's, well, maybe you could share some of that after we're done with these six. Yeah, let's go. if you have it there in front of you. Sure. Yeah. So, what's point number three, Ruben? The Puritan pilgrims were violently anti-Catholic. They left England because they thought that the Church of England was too Catholic. These Puritans were strict Calvinists. The pilgrims also opposed celebrating Christmas, dancing, musical instruments in church, and even hymns as papistical, like uh, like the papist, uh, yeah, papistical. So that they're they're opposed to anyone uh, following the the Holy Father in Rome, and so uh, it's a, it's it's interesting that uh, you know Catholic um, anti-Catholicism was alive and well back then. Yeah, yeah, Ruben, and, uh, and 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 can you imagine? I mean, the extreme, the extreme position of these Puritans, as it says here, and I've read this before, and other by other historical accounts, that they even oppose the celebration of Christmas. I mean, are you kidding me? If there's something that Catholics and Protestants agree on, is the biblical narrative of the birth of Christ, and and what that yeah. means to us, the incarnation of God becoming man, and uh, the way that's the that's the beginning of our salvation and redemption. But again, these Puritans, they were opposed to Christmas. It was only because the Catholics were already celebrating it for 1,500 years. Mm. It's, it's not because they're against Christmas, because they believe in, in, in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his incarnation. But uh, it was just because the Catholics were celebrating it. So it was just a, a, a way of making, uh, uh, of, of, of making hay against uh, Catholics. And also they, they did oppose even musical instruments in the church now i would agree with them in one sense i think there are some instruments that aren't appropriate for the liturgy <laughs> so, so i would agree yep. with them in a sense but uh one of the things that these these protestant uh, the, the high church protestants they've taken from us is is the is the pipe organ which is the the, the proper instrument to be played during worship even high church protestants you'll find their music they use the pipe organ. Uh, you, you listen to Lutheran liturgies and Presbyterian liturgies, the high church ones. Yeah, uh, you'll you'll hear them using sacred music. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll hear you'll hear them doing chants and stuff as well. Now, what the Protestants, as of recent time, they've introduced into the into low church Protestant denominations, is what's called winged instruments, electric guitars, and you know be. And, and band and and all the you know, all the other stuff uh, of of modern music, and I would agree with the Puritans in this sense. Yeah, is that I believe that some of those those winged instruments and drums are not appropriate for the holy sacrifice of the mass. For a retreat, that's fine. For a conference, that's fine. You know, you want to just try to tug at somebody's emotions but not for the once and for all sacrifice of Calvary, Calvary made present at the Holy Sacrifice right. of the Mass. T- to me, that's not appropriate for that. So I would agree with the Puritans in that limited sense, Reuben. And my priest would always would always say that you ought to be praying what you would have been praying 2,000 years ago at the foot of the cross. 
if you were there because we're we're made there we're made present there you know it's brought to us actually in the in, in the holy sacrifice of the mass so yeah, you're right that's a good way of putting it yeah, uh, yeah you know what would you and be we doing? seem to forget that yeah that's why there's ruben there's there's a little a song during uh lent i don't know if it, i don't know if the protestants compose it or not but the words are pretty powerful where it goes were you there when they crucified my lord oh, yeah, yeah. i'm not going to sing it because i don't want everybody to turn off the radio okay because I'm not gifted with singing. But the song goes, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Mm-hmm. And and the words of that song are actually very Catholic. Because at every Mass, you're there. Mm-hmm. So when you hear those words, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Absolutely you were there when you attend Holy Mass, especially at the high point, which is the words of consecration, absolutely were placed on Calvary's feet. But he's not suffering anymore. He's not bleeding anymore. Correct. That's right. So, yeah, it's an unbloody sacrifice. Right. Yep. All right. It's the uh, end of our second segment. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to finish up with these, these six points that uh, interesting Catholic Thanksgiving facts you need to know. Stay tuned. Don't go away. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911 on this Thanksgiving day. We are a two-man car, 10-8. We're open for calls. And uh, so our, if you have any comments or questions, it's 526-888-526-2151. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we're talking about the six interesting Catholic Thanksgiving facts that you need to know. Uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall puts out a, a he put out this article, and uh, he also has a, a video on YouTube. You could take a listen. Uh, it's pretty good. So we're on uh, point number four, Jess. Just, yeah, just, go right. ahead. Go ahead, Ruben. Okay. So while Thanksgiving may celebrate the Calvinist separatists who fled England, Catholics might remember the same unjust laws that granted the crown of martyrdom to Thomas More, John Fisher, Edmund Campion, etc., are, are the same injustices that led the pilgrims to, to Plymouth. So, yeah, these are these Calvinist separatists, you know, the, I guess what Dr. Taylor Marshall says is that they eventually went on to become like Unitarian uh, in, in their faith, in their beliefs. You know? Yeah, Ruben, uh, pr- Protestantism, unfortunately, the, the barren fruits of Protestantism, when they broke off from the Catholic Church, not only did they they fall right into the into the plans of the devil, the devil's plans are division, division, schism, and we see that in Galatians five nineteen, where you you see the uh, list of mortal sins, sins of the flesh. Uh, one of the sins of the flesh is division. The Protestants fell right into that, and now it's even gotten worse because Protestantism, because there's no magisterium, there's no perennial body of teaching. There's no uh, teaching authority that they can appeal to. They all appeal to Sola Scriptura based on their interpretation. So as a result of that, Protestantism has now given us secular humanism because the, the public schools in our country, they were all started by Protestants. It was a Protestant public school system. And in fact, when they started, everybody was mandated to have a King James Bible, and they read the King James Bible in all the Protestant schools in the United States of America. This is one of the reasons why 
we started the Catholic school system, the first Catholic school that was started, started in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where we get the name for the Baltimore Catechism. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Because Catholics were being forced, Catholic kids were being forced to read the Protestant Bible in, in public schools, which were run by a Protestant ethic and a Protestant worldview and basically even a Protestant view of history. This is why the Catholics broke off and started our own parochial school system because, again, we were being forced to accept Protestant history and to read the incomplete Protestant Bible, the King James Bible. And so uh, as a result of the fact that Protestant now, again, has no consistent body of teaching throughout all the denominations, Protestantism is basically now given way to secular humanism. The public schools now are, 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 are seminaries of teaching secular humanism and moral relativism uh, because the Protestant denomination or the Protestant religious ethic has failed entirely. Absolutely. And uh, this is why the public school systems are a mess. Yep, that's right. Oh, just my comment right there. <laughs> it's true. And I, I skipped over the... Yeah, you skipped number four. four. So let go, me go to four, go Ruben. Okay. We kind of mentioned in the first segment, but I'll just yeah. re-mention, re- I'll just say it again for people that are just tuning in. Point number four of the of the six Catholic Thanksgiving interesting facts that we need to know is that Squanto, the indigenous Indian, the beloved hero of Thanksgiving at Plymouth Rock, he was not a pagan. He was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And Squanto had been enslaved by the English, but he was freed by Spanish Franciscan friars. And he was evangelized, and he thus received baptism at the hands of Catholics, and he became a Catholic. So he was uh he wanted to come back home over here to uh to 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 Massachusetts. And so it was uh, it was Squanto this this baptized Catholic Native, Native American he was the one that orchestrated what became known as Thanksgiving and he's the one that received the Protestant Puritans at Plymouth Rock, Massachusetts. Yeah. Very interesting Catholic fact. Very interesting. Yep. So that uh, the last point that uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall makes is that, and let everyone remember that Thanksgiving in Greek is Eucharist, Eucharist, Eucharistia. So I uh, just mentioned this in, in the very beginning of the show. And we'll mention it again. This, the body and the blood of Christ is the truth during Thanksgiving meal. We, we give thanks every time we participate in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And um, we should be there in adoration and also to be giving thanks ourselves for all the blessings that he's bestowed upon us to be in this one holy catholic church to to have access to the sacraments to you know the priesthood and um holy mother church the teachings of holy mother church to make sure that we're we're on the right path to uh sanctification and and um you can't go wrong when you you follow the perennial teachings of the church yep that's right and Ruben, uh, just for the sake of the audience, because I kind of tease them about this prayer called the Tadeo, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray the prayer, and it's it's a prayer which means uh, you know to God, and it's a prayer of thanking God, and it's very beautiful. And again, this prayer is uh, particularly effective over over the diabolical. They can't stand this prayer because they used to pray this prayer and now they can't. And so it, it causes them pain to hear it. Doing it in English and, or Latin? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it in English, unless you've got it in Latin in front of you. 
I'll do it in English first. If you want to find that in Latin, you can do it in Latin. But here's the English prayer. It says, you are God, we praise you. You are the Lord, we acclaim you. You are the eternal Father, all creation worships you. To you, all the angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you. Father of majesty, unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all worship, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you did not spurn the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and obtained the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come and be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people. Bought with the price of your own blood and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Amen. It's called the Tadeum. It means to God. It's a very famous prayer that should be prayed in the presence of a holy person that's just passed away. Ruben? And there's the, the, the bottom part is, uh, well, there's a, it's a, a back and forth. So the, the, the priest would say, Save the people, O Lord, and bless thine inheritance. And the response would be, Govern them and raise them up forever. Every day we thank thee. And the response, and we praise thy name forever, yea, forever and ever. O Lord, deign to keep us from sin this day. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, for we have hoped in thee. And the response, O Lord, in thee I have hoped. Let me never be put to shame. So, yeah, it's it's very beautiful. Also, you know, in Latin, too, um, you know, maybe I'll read the the first couple of lines. Tadeum laramus te dominum confitemur te aeternum patrem omnis terra veneratur. Tibi omnis angeli, tibi celi et universae. Potestates, tibi cherubim et seraphim, incessabili voce proclamant, sanctus, 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 dominus Deus sabaoth, plenis uncelo etera, maestatis gloria tui, te gloria, osas apostolium chorus. And anyway, so it goes on, and uh, yeah, you, it's 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 very beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sure is. So. Ruben, I want to share a little bit about what uh, George Washington, the first president of this country, he was also a he was also a a general in, in in war. What he had to say about Thanksgiving, he said this was October third, seventeen eighty nine. This is the proclamation, a Thanksgiving proclamation in New York. He said. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign 
Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of the United States to the service of that great and glorious being who was the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the, and the favorable interpositions of his providence which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war for the great degree of for, for the great degree of tranquility union and plenty which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty wow religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge and in general for all the great and, and various favors which God hath been pleased to confer upon us and also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually to render our national government a blessing to all the people. I've got about three sentences. We'll continue. I'll finish off with George Washington, famous proclamation of 1789 of Thanksgiving. Very biblical. Stay tuned. All right. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back for our final segment. Jesse, you want to finish up what you, where you left off? And then I, yep. I, I wanted to mention something that Abraham Lincoln said. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, um, George Washington gave the first Thanksgiving proclamation in New York City, October 3rd, 1789. He ends by saying these last three sentences. And everything he's saying is just taken right out of Scripture. Uh, he says ab about God, he says, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations and to bless them with good government, peace, and, and, and concord to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue, he meant Christianity because he was a Protestant, and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as God alone knows to be best. Given under my hand at the city of New York, the third day of October in the year, in the year of our Lord, and what they meant by that, all the presidents when they put the year of our Lord, uh, Washington, Lincoln, they mean the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they're talking about, 1789. So even our official documents uh, that govern this nation uh, pay, pay uh, or acknowledge the birth of the Son of God. They call it the year of our Lord, 1789. Ruben, go ahead. Mm. I just want to mention that uh, Abraham Lincoln was the one who founded this, this Thanksgiving as the official holiday. Uh, and he made it so in 1863. 
And this was in the midst of the American Civil War. And he noted that uh, the country's industry and population was still growing. In the, in the document officially instituting Thanksgiving as a national holiday, he explicitly credited this to nothing else but God's grace. And he says, quote, No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. Close quote. He then asked everyone in the country to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as the day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. That's right. Thanksgiving is meant to be a day of thanksgiving and praise to God. Uh, lastly, he requested that everyone pray for God to heal the country's wounds, having particular concern for widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers from the Civil War. And, and you know, uh, just going back to the, uh, the the second Thanksgiving, I should say, the, the one in Texas, uh, Dr. Marion Horvath puts something up. It makes something really, uh, it's pretty powerful what she says here. And uh, Don Oñate, you know, he, he, he kept... Uh, you know, not notes on his on his his uh, voyage, and and he was he marched under a personal standard of white silk stamped on one side with pictures of Our Lady and Saint John the Baptist, um, or not his patron saint on the reverse side with Saint James on horseback carrying a sword. But this is what's important: is the Spanish monarchy made the defense and propagation of the Catholic faith the supreme aim of the state. In the instructions given to Oñate, the crown clearly stated the primary goal of the expedition was to initiate conversion of the many large settlements of heathen Indians who live in ignorance of God and our holy Catholic faith, so that they may ha- might have an orderly and decent Christian life. Um, so, but uh, it's what's interesting is it says certainly the aims spirit attitudes and religion of the Spanish explorers could not have been more different from those of the Puritans over at remember at uh, Jamestown who motivated by self-interest landed at Plymouth Rock to make a small comfortable life for themselves and their families with no thought of the spiritual welfare of the Indians no dreams of heroism glory or fame this clear difference in spirit and mentality makes the colonial Catholic Spaniards a better better model for Americans than the Puritans wow Wow, that's yeah, good stuff. It's good stuff. Ruben, something very interesting also. So so now we know this great day that we have here in a, in the United States of Thanksgiving. Now we now we know definitively it comes from the Catholic Church. Thanksgiving, again, it was already being celebrated uh in, in Florida and in Texas before the Protestants came. And even when the Protestants came, they were received by an Indian who was Catholic who celebrated the first Thanksgiving with them in Massachusetts. So Thanksgiving is really a Catholic. It was, it was issued by, or it was brought by Catholics here in this country. Cause again, it was already celebrated on two occasions before the Protestants came over to, uh, to Plymouth rock. And again, Squanto was a Catholic and he's the one that celebrated uh, the first Thanksgiving dinner with the Puritans, which, which makes me very proud because Everything about the United States that we celebrate, all the days that, that are that are joyful and and celebratory, they're Catholic. Well, first of all, now we know about the history of Thanksgiving that it comes from Catholicism. Number two, think about Christmas. Who celebrated Christmas before anybody else? It was the Catholics. Why? Because we were there. 
Uh, what about Easter? Who gave us the Easter celebration around the world? It was us, the Catholics. Why? Because we were there, and we're the ones that assigned the date to Easter. Uh, even uh, Valentine's Day. That everybody, even non-believers that atheists celebrate Valentine's Day. Who's Valentine's Day? He was a Catholic priest that was killed in Rome back in the second century for promoting uh, merit, uh, the, the holy matrimony. So, you know, Father Valentine, pray for us. So anybody who celebrates Valentine's Day, that comes from the Catholic Church. And even even Halloween was was stolen from the Catholic Church, right? We talked about that a few months, uh, a month ago. Exactly. So, I mean, every celebration in in the United States that brings family together and brings fellowship and love and celebration, it comes from Catholics. Everything. Yeah. I think I'm going to try what Taylor uh, mentioned in his um, video that just a little game and go around the room and and everybody give thanks do, you doing the alphabet you know so start with a and then you, you give thanks of, of what uh something with an a and then you go to the b and you know the kids will love it i know oh yeah we're gonna have a big celebration today later and so uh that's gonna, a great idea i'm gonna try that and there's a, a a prayer that that he puts in his article on this the six points that we were just mentioning and i hadn't heard it in a long time and and it's not it's it's someone, Hilaire Belloc, you know, one of the great um, oh, yeah. writers of our time, man. And he's one of the great historians yes, of the 20th century. I think I've got most of his books. Wherever the Catholic sun doth shine, there's always laughter and good red wine. At least I've always found it so. Benedicamos Domino. So that's from Hilaire <laughs> Belloc, man. I like that. Also something else, Ruben, on another day, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get all the information because it's in a book I have. Uh, most people don't know that George Washington, the very first president of our country, he he was visited by the Blessed Virgin Mary. He was a, a recipient of a Marian apparition. And there's a book uh, I have it in my shelf. I don't, you know, obviously I, I just can't get out there and, and grab it right now during the radio show. But we'll do it for. But one of the things that George Washington did, he was so moved by this. When he saw Mary, he actually wrote it down. He said that he described Mary as a woman of singular beauty. And Mary talked to him, uh, and, and, she, and she called him son of the republic, look and learn. And she gave him, she told him about the way uh, America was near and dear to her immaculate heart. And George Washington was so moved by this Marian apparition, he wrote it down. And the letters... Of his, of his seeing the Blessed Virgin Mary are right now sealed in a, in a box in the Library of Congress, and they have a number assigned to it. So we'll prepare another show for it because, again, uh, it, it, the Blessed Virgin Mary there said about the importance of this country, that America is near, near to her immaculate heart. And, uh, and, and, and she also, our Heavenly Mother, also was glad to obtain her son's blessings and protection for this country if only enough of us would humbly beseech her for this grace. So I would just say this, if uh, if George Washington, and again, I say if because I don't, you know, only God knows the the what's what's factual from, from opinion. If he's in heaven right now, he's in heaven because of the Blessed Virgin Mary's intercession for him. Yeah. That's right. The the Queen of the Americas, Our Lady, is, and she, so she, this country was, 
is has become the the watchdog of the the entire world. You know, pro- has, yeah. Most, by default, Ruben, yeah, you're right. By the most the most pros, prosperous country, and uh, so we have a lot to be thankful for. Um, I think in the last minute here, I want to give uh, Psalm one thirty six. Oh uh, yeah, read that. Okay, uh, absolutely. One, End two, it with that. Okay. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Yep. Uh, also, one last thing I just want to mention about this country, America. We have a lot to be thankful for being here. We can Imagine, we could have been born, Ruben, in communist China, oh, man. Uh, Saudi Arabia, I mean, I you know, Nigeria. I mean, I can think of a lot, you know, Cuba. I can think of a lot of countries right now. I mean, you know, I would have I would have made do with uh, what God allowed to happen if I was born in those countries, but I wasn't. I was born in this country where we have freedom of liberty, freedom of speech. Let's use it, and let's use it to advance the Catholic gospel. Let's use it to, to save souls and to slay error, and uh, let's thank God every single day that we aren't under communist tyranny or Islamic tyranny and we have to fight, especially in 2020, these upcoming elections, Ruben. We've got to vote to make sure, and again, I'll just be honest, I'm going to vote for Trump and Pence. We've got to make sure that we vote for the pro-life party and, uh, and the ticket that's going to continue promoting religious liberty and religious freedom in the United States of America. That's right. And don't, uh, what I used to preach to my trainees, never become complacent. You can be complacent and slothful in your faith. And uh, and and it's it's unsafe to do just like in police work. You can't be out there. You have to have your head on a swivel because we're in that. You got to be able to to recognize what's Catholic, what's not Catholic, and uh, form your moral conscience and uh, study your faith and learn it so that you can pass it on. You know, especially to your family, to your loved ones. That's right. Here's another little Catholic history as we're closing up the show. Columbus discovered America in 1492, and he called America the New Jerusalem. Mm. Catholic, by the way, Holy Mass was being celebrated every day on the ships as they were coming from Spain over to the Americas. And Columbus landed in the Bahama Islands, got on his knees, and put the cross of Christ on the seashore, on the beach, and claimed the Americas for Jesus Christ. Amen. We preach Christ crucified, Jesse. Amen. We will. Ruben, have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. All you guys, everybody listening, have a happy, holy, blessed Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And uh, we'll be praying for you. You pray for us. Stay tuned for Hands On Apologetics. Keep the faith. <laughs>